Genesis chapter 50, and we're going to read verses 19 and 20. Go back to the beginning. How many know sometimes you got to go back to where you started? Amen. Sometimes you need to go back and just, uh, and just remember where God has brought you from, what God has done in your life. Matter of fact, I, you know what? I was even, you know, I was listening to Helen Baylor the other, uh, today. Because <laughs> there's a song and it just it fires me up, man. And I was just, you know, I was just praying and just getting a hold of God and just getting ready. And, man, I, come on, lifting up the name of Jesus. Amen. What if you have it, somebody say amen. amen. This is how it reads. It says, but Joseph said to them, and them are his brothers. He said, don't be afraid. I am, am I in the place of God? He said, you intended to harm me. But God intended it for the good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Let's pray. Father, I pray the Lord, that you would just speak to every heart, that you would speak to every person here this evening, and that, Lord, that you would transform them, Lord God, that you would help them to understand the things that they're going through, and that, Lord, that they would be able to react and to be able, my God, to become more like you tonight. They will be able, Lord God, to walk and just do some things that Joseph did, powerful man of God. And that, Lord, you would help us to go through the things that come our way on this journey called life, Lord. And, Father, we know we're going to come out victorious. And I pray you would strengthen your people tonight. Let your word come out clear and with power. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise the Lord. You may go ahead and have your seat tonight. Come on, go ahead. And if you want to clap, give the Lord a hand. Once again, hallelujah. Now, the theme of my message tonight is that God is always at work to do good in the life of the believer. How many know God's at work right now? God, you know what? God doesn't stop working, except on Sundays. Now, he, he still works. He rested, but God is always at work, man. God's always got our backs. God is always doing something even during the difficult times, the hard times, God is at work on your behalf and my behalf. Can I get an amen? You see, sometimes we don't understand what God is doing in our life, but you can take it to the bank that God is preparing for you and I something good, even great, to take place in your life. Do you believe, how many of you believe that? You think God just brought you here just so, you know what, just so... You know, so you can be insignificant? So that you can be, you know what, a loser? Huh? No, God's got something for you. God's got something special. He's not done with you. God has a purpose and a plan for your life, and he wants you to understand it. You see, we know this because God said in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you and plans to give you hope and a future. And I believe that in Joseph's life that Joseph understood this. Joseph knew that God, you know, because of the vision that came his way, because of the dreams that he dreamed, that you know what, he knew that God was in the process of blessing his life. He just didn't know how it was going to happen. How many of you believe that you're going to be blessed? How many of you believe that God is going to do something great in your life? How many of you believe that God might take you around the world? 
to be used by God. Well, I want to tell you tonight that, that you know what, I believe that too. But sometimes we don't know how he's going to do it. And we don't always need to know. See, tonight I want to look at Joseph's life, Joseph's life, because Joseph's life was an Old Testament demonstration of Romans 8, 28 through 30. This is what it says. It says, and we know that in all things God works, somebody say works, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God, God foreknew, he also predestined. There it is again. He planned. He already had a plan. He predestined. How many of you are called? Huh? For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. You see, even though all things work together for the good for the believer, it it's not always clear or evident what God was trying to accomplish in Joseph's life. And often that is the case within our life. We don't always know. You know, in the beginning we feel blessed and all of a sudden we're going through trials. All of a sudden things are happening. Things are getting weird. Things are getting crazy. And we're like, what's going on here? And we can't see what God is trying to do. But how many know that God is trying to mold us and shape us? Man, he's trying to get us ready. He's trying to get us prepared. He's trying to get us where we need to be so that God can bless our life. See, things are not always going to be crystal clear. And you're not always going to understand it all. So stop trying to figure it out. Tell your neighbor, stop trying to figure it out. You, you know people, do you ever have people that are always trying to figure everything out? Especially you husbands. Oh, come on, somebody. They're always trying to figure it out, you know. They're always trying to think, you know. They even try to use, uh, what's that called, uh, reverse psychology. Come on, somebody. Huh? I know what you did with that money. You know, what money? <laughs> Got no money? Wow, yeah, I, I seen you, you know, you, you bought a Starbucks. Where'd you get the money? But, you know, you ever have people like that? They're trying to, always trying to figure something out, trying to figure you out, trying to figure things out. And how many know that sometimes, you know, when it comes to the things of God, what God is doing in our life is that we just need to walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 tells us, for we walk by faith and not by sight. See, the Bible says also in 2 Corinthians 4, 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. How many know that the things that God is doing behind us, the work that God is doing while we're going through uh, adversity and trials and different things, that the things that God is doing behind us is for eternity. Yeah. Oh, you guys, don't, you, I don't think you guys got that. The things that God is trying to deposit in your life, things that God is trying to build in your life, the things that God is trying to give to you and, and bless you with is that it's for eternity. It's not like the world where it's temporal, amen, but it's eternal. 
You see, of all the different people that God used in the Bible, Joseph's life was one whose purpose and plan was really never revealed to him. Amen? It was really never revealed to him. But he had faith to believe in what God showed him, what God, you know, spoke to him, and what God showed him in dreams. How many of you ha had dreams? How many of you, God has shown you a dream or a vision, amen, for your life? See, I believe that God kept his overall plan from Joseph so he could teach him some needed lessons. See, God wanted Joseph to have unshakable, undeniable, unmovable, steadfast faith in God, which means without a doubt or second guessing. Now we know that's what God wants from us. He don't want us to second guess. He wants us to just believe and just move. Amen. You see, because one of the reasons that God had to do a work in Joseph is because he was the baby. Any babies in here? Any baby childs? Huh? Any last borns here? Come on, you know you're the baby. Huh? And because he was the baby, his, the Bible says that his father loved him more than all the other children. It even says it in the Bible. You know, sometimes we don't say those things, but, you know, the baby, oh. See, at first it's the firstborn, right? And then the secondborn, he's the baby for a minute. And then another one comes, he just messes it all up, right? And then if another one comes, he messes it up. See, I almost titled this to Jan Brady with love. <laughs> Amen. Because she's a middle child, you know, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Uh, Marsha got everything. She was spoiled. She was a middle child. She was the first girl, right? But here in the life of Joseph, I believe God had wanted, wanted him to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now, the process that God used was a series of tests in different areas of Joseph's lives. How many of you know that God is going to test your life? Tell your neighbor God's going to test you. God's not only going to bless your life, but he's going to test your life. Well, huh? he's going to test you. Huh? He ain't just going to, you know what, pour on the blessing. Now he's going to, you know what, he's going to test you. He's going to see if you're genuine. He's going to use testings to grow you and to strengthen you. Now what were the tests that Joseph went through? Well, there were many. And I want to look at the different tests Joseph encountered in order to get to the place that God planned out for his life. Remember, God's plan is not to harm us, but to give us a hope and a future. Pastor Steve, my, my first pastor, you saw we say that the, the future was so sunny, as in sunny Arganzoni, that you needed shades. And what he was talking about was that the vision that God gave us that the, you know what, the dream that God gave us, the purpose that he gave us, the destiny that he gave us, that it was so sunny that we needed shades. Powerful, powerful. And, it's, and it still rings true today. The vision God has for you, the vision God has for our families, for our children and our grandchildren, that you know what, it's still bright. Huh? God still has great things in store for us. Don't lose hope. Now, we're going to look at seven tests. I'm going to try to get through them. We might have to cut them short. Amen. That Joseph encountered. 
And I'm going to give them to you real quick just in case you're taking notes and then we're going to go through them. The first test is the test of adversity. The second test is the test of perseverance and hard work. The third test, and there's more, but these are the ones I chose. The third test is the test of patience. The fourth test is the test of integrity. The fifth is the test of humility. And the sixth is the test of generosity. And the last one is the test of forgiveness. Amen? That's a big one. Now, everyone faces adversity. It's an important part of the Christian life experience. Who you are on the other side of the trial depends on how you face it and how you go through it. You see, in the Bible, Joseph, the son of Jacob, provides an excellent example of how to face these tests during times of adversity. Despised by his own brothers, sold into slavery by them, and then wrongfully cast into prison by one who originally trusted him with everything, Joseph could have grown angry, could have grown resentful, and he could have sought out for revenge. Instead, he developed seven character traits that enabled him to come out of his trial with flying colors and with the blessings of the Most High God. And I, be, I believe if we learn how to apply these principles and these lessons to our life, I, I believe that as we go through things in our life, that, you know, we're going to come out better on the other side and we're going to see God doing great things within our life. Now, quickly, let's look at these seven tests. The first one is adversity. Now, how many know that everyone's going to face adversity, right? Please, Pastor Steve, this is like that. I don't know if I can stand on one foot. No, no. Right? We're all going to go through. How many of you are facing adversity right now? You might be going through something. You might be going through financial hardship. Your children might be going haywire, haywire and hayward. You know, things might be happening, you know, with your life. It could be a job. It could be your marriage. You could just build dry right now. You could be going through the desert, a desert experience. But I believe that God wants to bring you out as you trust in him. Can somebody say amen? Yeah. See, we're all going to go through trials. Now, the thing that Joseph did is what that helped Joseph was that he just accepted his status and what he was going through. He never complained. He never, you know what, blamed anybody. He never, you know what, pointed anybody out. He never, you know what, he didn't do any of those things. But what he did do is what he just simply accepted what he was going through. But not only did he accept it, but he knew that, you know what, that he didn't have to stay there. He knew that with the hand of God that he could move forward. He knew that, you know what, with the power of God he could move forward. He knew that through the promises of God that he could move forward. He knew that, you know what, through the word of God that he could move forward. He knew that, you know what, that God had something because the vision that God gave him that he could move forward. He didn't have to stay there. He knew he was going to go through it. But God gave him a dream. God gave him a promise. And because of those promises and the dreams that God gave him, that he could say, you know what, I got to keep going. And I got to just eat my mush and hush. And you know what, I'm going to be okay because 
God showed me. God told me. And God, you know what? God gave me a vision. And I'm running with that vision. How many know God gave us a vision? Don't give up on the vision that God gave us. God is faithful. As we remain faithful. Well, we're not always faithful, but God is always faithful. Joseph was also cast into prison. But even in prison, again, we see that he sets out to work hard. So you must get, get over the roadblocks that come your way. Because they're, they're going to come. See, because once you become a Christian, once you accept Christ, you become a target. Once you accept Christ, you become a bullseye for the enemy because he don't like you. He don't like our God. He don't like his son. And he don't like the believers in this world. And as soon as you become a, a Christian and you put your faith and your trust in God, then boom, all of a sudden you got a, you got a bullseye on your back. And the enemy is going to come and he's going to try to distract you. He's going to try to knock you off course. He's going to try to trip you up. He's going to try to get you to quit. He's going to try to get you to stop doing what God is doing because God is blessing your life now. God is doing things that weren't done before in your life. And God is raising you up. God is now, you know what, blessing you and doing things. But the enemy, he wants to stop you. And he wants to slow you down. Often the first response to us is, why me? Why me, pobrecito? But how many know that we've, we've got to learn how to endure? We've got to learn how to, you know what, to... to uh, we need to understand and we need to look around and we need to get a hold of God and ask God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to change? What can I do to change? Through God's word, we can move forward. Through prayer, we can move forward. Through faith in God, we can move forward and we can move through the trial. And that's what we, you know, we see Joseph do in his life. The second test and it's a part of the adversity that moves on, is that Joseph persevered. We're going to go through the test of perseverance. Let me tell you something. This is a marathon we're in. It's a long race. It's not just a, you know, a, a boom, you know, wham, bam, and it's over. No, we're, this is a long race. We're in it for the long haul. You might, be, you might be here one year, two years, three years, but how many know you got many more years to continue to fight and to go forward? And through that, you know, through that journey that you're going through, you're going to have to learn how to hold on. You're going to have to learn how to fight. You're going to have to learn how to, you know what, hold on to God. Because it's not easy. One person. <laughs> Maybe you guys are just stunned. <laughs> but you know what, it's not easy. The enemy's he's going to keep coming. He's going to keep trying to distract you. He's going to keep trying to knock you down. He's going to keep, 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 keep coming. And so even Joseph, man, he had to learn to persevere. Man, he got thrown into the pit. From there, he got sold as a slave. Huh? And then he went to Potiphar's house, and then he was, man, he got blessed. He got raised up. God raised him up. God blessed him because he had the favor of God on his life. God gave him a dream. God gave him a vision. And how many know God is going to accomplish what he shows you? Huh? And so, you know what? God had a purpose and plan for his life, 
But it wasn't going to be easy for him to get there. And then, and then you know what? And then uh, Potiphar's wife, you know, uh, you know, tried to jump on his bones. Potiphar's wife said, "Do these bones live?" And he said, "No." He ran the red light, and he ran. And she grabbed, she grabbed his cloak, right? And then, and then he was falsely accused. But he didn't say anything, man. He just they put him in prison, and you know what? He went to prison. And you know what, though? In prison, once again, he got raised up. You see, I believe that because Potiphar, not, I mean, not Potiphar, but Joseph, because you know what? That he was the man of God he was. He was a man of character. He was a man that believed in the vision that God gave him. You know, he had a purpose. He knew that, you know what, that adversity was going to come his way, that he persevered. And I believe that one of the reasons that he persevered was because, uh, you know what, that God, he knew that God, he had a, that God had a plan for his life, but he also understood that, you know what, that, that many people's lives were at stake. How many know that there's a lot of lives at stake in our lifetime? You might be young right now. But over, you know what, over the years I've been saved, I've seen many people saved. God, you know, and not, not just, you know, uh, God has used me to, to lead people to the Lord, but a lot of people in our, through our church, through our ministry, and, you know, in other ministries. But, you know, God, you know, I understand now I'm seeing that, you know what, through our lifetime, we can be effective. We can touch a lot of people. Huh? It's not just for something small. It's something big. God is counting on you. God, is, God has a great plan for your life. Don't sell God short. But persevere. Keep going. You see, I believe that when, when Joseph was in prison, they recognized his talents as he worked hard for, you know, for, the, uh, for, the, for the warden or the, 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 guard, the head guard. They understand. They said, "Look at this this guy, man. He he got a he got a cue. He was in the he was in the palace with Potiphar, huh? One of Pharaoh's main guys, and he was living the good life. But now he's in prison, and now he's in prison. But you know what? He's still he's still doing. He was doing something right. He was doing the right thing. He was still pressing in. The favor of God was still upon him, and they recognized it." Look, do people recognize that God is upon your life, that the favor of God is with you, that God is blessing you, that God is raising you up, that God is using you for the saving of many souls? See, they noticed that in the life of Joseph. And, and then after that, you know what? They put him, they put him in charge again. He said, this guy's a leader. How many know God's looking for leaders? He put this guy in charge, and the Bible says that, you know what? that the head guard, that he said that he didn't even have to check on him, that he gave, you know what, he gave Joseph his duty, gave him his area, and they didn't even have to worry because Joseph was a man of character. He was a man of faith. He was a man that had favor on his life. And they believe, you know what, I don't even need to, I don't need to, we need to worry about this guy over here. How many know we need to be that, those type of men and women? I know some of us are shaky. Oh, well, sometimes we're shaky. <laughs> but God wants to strengthen you tonight. See, if you don't work hard through your adversity, others may never see 
your true abilities? Are you working hard or hardly working? Are you lifting the hands of your leaders or are you talking about them behind their back? Just because something didn't go your way or the way that you thought it should go. Are you still rolling up your sleeves? Or did you take your ball and go home? Because you're upset. Or because you're going through adversity and trials. It's going to happen. Tell your neighbor it's going to happen. So we see that Joseph went through adversity. Passed the test. Huh? He had to persevere. He passed the test. And he also had to have patience. Number three. Joseph knew the Lord would bless him because of his dreams. So he endured these trials with patience, knowing the blessings would come. You see, together with patience, he also sought solutions for the things that were going on around him. You see, how many know that we've got to learn to have patience that God is going to come through? Huh? I remember for years when I came to church, I was coming to church, me and my wife, you know, God put our marriage back together. I was just putting my hands to the plow. And 10 years went by, and not one of my family members got saved. And I was like, God, what's going on? What's happening? Man, I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister. And then and then all of a sudden, my my uh my brother, my oldest brother, started coming back to church again. Gave his life to the Lord and started coming. And my oldest brother, he was a heroin addict for years. Years. Somebody say years. years. <laughs> started, I think he started using heroin when he was like 14 or 15. And uh, he was a heroin addict for like 30 years. You know what? But man, now he's set free. He's set free right now. Now, God's still working on him, but Tony's set free. Amen. I love my brother. Amen. And then, you know, little by little, my sister Teresa used to come to church and pray for her. She, you know, she had some adversity. and But she needs to be back, her and her family. And, you know, uh, God started doing things. My brother Steve started coming to church when I was in Tracy because he lives out there. And he's still coming. He's been to Mighty Men of Allers, you know. And uh, God was doing a work. And so God started moving. But the greatest blessing, and you know, let me tell you something. You've got to read the whole story about Joseph's life, amen, and how he got to bury his fathers and how he got to, you know what, to do all these different things. Because, matter of fact, yesterday and a few days before that were the anniversary of my mom and dad both passing away. And I got to, I, you know what, it was a blessing. You know, it's a blessing because... My, my dad, you know, since when I was young and I started messing up for many years, that's all he's seen me as. But then, you know what, God, he's seen me change. And I remember him coming. He came to a service we had in Tracy. And he came and he said, you know what, son? He's all, I'm proud of you. He's all, I'm really proud of you. He's all, I know you messed up before. He goes, but you know what, I'm proud of you. And then he gave me a, a $1,000 check. And I said, come on, yeah, you are. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and then every Sunday I was looking for him. No. <laughs> no, just kidding. But you know what? I just, it just, you know what? It was a blessing from God. And the other one was that happened 
it was that you know I used to pray for my mom because my mom my mom died from Alzheimer's and for many years you know what she couldn't talk and she couldn't say things to me and I told this story before but how many of you never heard it okay that's a lot I'll tell it tight again <laughs> but you know my mom she had Alzheimer's and, and I remember just you know going over to and you know when when a person has Alzheimer's their their brain they they, 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 their brain starts going like they get real young. They're like children, like a children's brain. She used to carry around a doll, and she used to just laugh. And for many years, I couldn't even say, you know, I told her I loved her, but she could never say anything back to me. And then, you know, I remember we went to the World Conference. It was in Long Beach. Matter of fact, we were getting launched out. And we went to, to, the, to the World Conference. Talk about adversity. And we had to come back because my mom was dying. She was in hospice in our house at my dad's house. And even when I went, they said, you know what, she can, she can die. You might you have to come back. And I said, well, if I need to come back, just call me and we'll come back. And so we ended up coming back. And But a few nights later, she ended up passing away. But we were in my dad's room, and we were kind of all there. You know how us Mexicans are. Everybody's in the room, you know. My mom was in there. And we were just all there, just, you know, waiting for her to take her last breath and just, you know, waiting for, you know, everything to, uh, to just stop. But in the middle of the night, I don't know, it was like 3 or 4 in the morning. My mom was getting close. They said she was, like, getting close to, her, to dying. And all of a sudden, my mom started making some weird noise. And I was like, uh-oh. I turned around. And all of a sudden, she woke up. And she looked at us all, and she said, I want you, and she spoke as clear as can be. And the first thing, she, well, first of all, she said, you know what? You know what? I, and I don't know why she was apologizing to us. She goes, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I don't know. You know, I'm just sorry, and I love all of you. And she goes, well, all of you get go outside. I need to talk to your father. <laughs> and so we all left, and we went out. And then, you know, about an hour, I don't know, it was 45 minutes or so. It was a while. They were in there talking. And, and after that, we went back in, and uh, my mom was able, you know, she told us again that she loved us and that, you know what, and I was able to lead my mom to the Lord, amen. I was able to pray with her. I was able to lead her to the Lord, and that was a blessing for God. You know, I, wanna, I was asking God for a sign, Lord, that, you know what, that she's, she's, gonna, she's going to heaven, that God, that you, 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 you're with her. And you know, and you know what? When she took her last breath, my wife seen her spirit go. She seen it leave. It just like pfft. I didn't see it. She seen it, and my sister seen it. Amen. And it was something awesome. But sometimes you gotta wait. Sometimes you gotta have patience for God to work miracles. You, know, my, mom, my mom was on her deathbed. Same thing with my dad. All of a sudden, he got sick a few years later. And I was able to, you know, lead him to the Lord right here at Kaiser Hospital. I was able to pray for him. And those were the things that, you know what, that God showed me that God was at work behind the scene and he was doing things in my life that I didn't understand or I didn't know. And you need to understand because sometimes we want to make it happen. Sometimes we want to, you know what, we want to straighten everything out. And we want to do it. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to wait. You just got to keep fighting. You just got to keep praying. You got to keep reading your word. You got to keep going forward. You got to let God lead you. And then you know what? But God is at work behind the scenes. 
even through the trials. Number four, integrity. And we're going to move fast because I got a, about 10 minutes. Amen. How many know that Joseph went through the test of integrity? When Potiphar's wife attempted to seduce Joseph, I said that he flees, right? He is true to, to the moral code. Even though no one is around, even though how many know that character, integrity is, you know what, when no one's around, what do you do? And who are you? He understood that he must be true to himself and to the Lord. How many know we got to be true to ourselves and to God Almighty? Had he accepted her advances, he may, he may not have saved himself. Or he may have saved himself from prison. Huh? If he would have said, oh, all right. Sure. Huh? He may not have went to prison. But how many know that God might have pulled back? God might have said, you know what, you, you know what, I'm going to pull back my blessings right now for a bit until you get, until you get your things together, until you get right. Amen. But he knew it would hinder him for the blessings of the Lord within his life. You see, we need to be true to who we are and to God Almighty, even in adversity. Because through adversity, sometimes we want to take shortcuts. But that is the true test of integrity. To, you know what, to, to be who God has called us to be, to be men and women of integrity, to not take shortcuts, and to hold on to the Word of God. Hard work, adversity, patience, and integrity pays off. How many know it pays off? Number five, humility. I'm moving fast now. Humility, cutting them short. Reader's Digest version. Humility. You see, Joseph had to be humbled. One of, one of the reasons, I believe, was because he was the baby, and he was, you know, babied. Mijo. Huh? Because, and he was kind of arrogant with his brothers. Huh? You know, he didn't have to tell his brother. You know what? He might, have, might not have been thrown in the pit, in the pit if he would have, didn't say anything. But how many know he had to brag? You, you're, you know, I had a dream, and your sheaves were bowing down to mine. Huh? And, and they got mad, right? And they were already mad because he was spoiled. Huh? And so God had to do some work in him to unspoil him. Huh? And some of you were spoiled. Uh. <laughs> you know who you are. And but sometimes God has to humble us. See, when Joseph is called to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, he could have taken the credit, but I believe Joseph learned a lesson. Huh? At first he was bragging about, you know what, that they're going to bow down to him and all these things were going to happen. But now, you know what, he understood. They, they, they said, that you're able to, to interpret dreams? And he said, no, only God can. Huh? He learned to give God the credit. How many know you got to give God the credit? It's not us. It's not me. It's not you. But it's God in us. And we got to learn that, you know what, as God elevates you, as God uses you, as God blesses you, is that you got to give the glory to God. That's humility. Got to give it all to God. Joseph had learned through all the adversities it was the Lord who was blessing him and helping him. He didn't take credit for his 
Um, he didn't take credit for himself after coming through the trials and the things that he was going through. You need to recognize whose hand got you through what you're going through. And how many know it's the Lord? See, God lifts us up and blesses us. But how many know we got to give the credit to God? And number six is that is, is the test of giving. Amen. How many know that God bless us so that we can bless others? Huh? He blesses our lives so that we can be a blessing. Amen. So that we can bless those that, you know what, that, that are in the shoes that we used to be in or that, you know, that are less fortunate. See, Joseph could have had a vengeful reaction to those who wronged him. You've been wronged before? Huh? You know, I've seen many times that the man of God, even our pastor, people do things to him. He still loves them. Never says a bad thing. Never talks about them. And he loves them. Still, you know what? He still, I, I remember we were in a leaders meeting years ago over there on Grove. Uh, upstairs, we were in a leaders meeting. And uh, that's when we were doing those classes before. And, and when the guys were teaching, we were taking turns running the service, just like we do here. And, uh, and one of the guys, one of the guys from the home stole your mom's car. Right? And we're in a meeting, and some guys from the home come up, and they come right up to the pastor. Hey, we got the guy. <laughs> you know, we got him, you know. And I think everybody was, like, was, was waiting for Pastor Steve to get mad. Right? And, and the guy, one of the guys from the home goes, he wants to know if he can come back to the home. Huh? And he stole Josie's car, that, uh, that gray one, the Cadillac or something. An old school uh, Cadillac. This is a nice car. And, but he stole it. And then, uh, he, you know, the, the guy goes, he wants to know if he can come back. He would think, man, what nerve. Huh? What nerve. He just stole the car. And he don't even have it anymore. They just caught him. They hadn't found the car yet. Well, they caught the guy that stole the car. And Pastor Steve, Pastor Steve goes, yeah, bring him back. He said, oh, I could get another car. He goes, he, goes, I'm, he goes, I'm more concerned with his soul. He needs to get right. Bring him back. And he brought him back. Huh? <laughs> see, we see, you know, when it comes to blessing others, is that Joseph, God's hand was upon him. And you see that in, the, in, in Potiphar's house and even in the prison, the Bible says that, you know what, that everyone got blessed. Things started happening. Huh? Are you being a blessing? Are you blessing people, you know, where you go, at your job and at your, at your home and at other places? Is God using you to be a blessing? See, he interpreted dreams, the dreams of a butler and a baker. And he interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh. And then he used his organizational skills to save the Egyptian kingdom. And by doing so, he saved his own family. How many know as we, you know, as we bless others, God's going to bless our whole family? Huh? God's going to, you know what? God's going to do things that are going to blow your mind. He truly lived as Christ taught when he said, love your enemies and bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you. 
To being able to let go of the need for revenge enables you to truly learn from your trials. Teaches us that you know what that that the God that we can be Christ-like by you know what by being a blessing because even us man we always we mess up, but God still His favor still you know what falls upon us. God still blesses us. God still you know what man He still does things in our life. You know, I don't deserve to be up here right now. I don't deserve to, you know what, to be with my family, with my wife, the things I did. I don't deserve to, you know what, to raise my children and, to see, and to, to see what God has done in my life. But you know what, because of the, the God is a God that blesses. God's in the blessing business. It's being able to let go for the need of revenge, like I said, enables you to be the bigger person and be the bigger man or be the bigger woman. And it, it brings room for God to be able to come in and for the kaboom, like Pastor always says, for God to come in and do something special, do something powerful. And the last one, and we're going to close with this, the worship team could come up, and that was forgiveness. You see, when Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, he told them, now therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me back, way back in the beginning. He said, for God did send me before you to preserve your life. How many know God rescued us so that we can preserve life for others? Huh? God had you in mind because behind you, there's many people that God wants to save. And you know what, if we give up, and you know what, Some, somebody has to wait. God has to put in motion another plan. But God is counting on you. See, when you forgive, when you let go of all the bitterness and anger that can keep you from progressing, and you let it go, then you'll reap what you sow. Adversity helps us to develop and grow as a person. Can somebody say amen? That's why you're going through changes. That's why you're going through trials. God is trying to teach you lessons. God is trying to see how you're going to react through the situation. Are you going to be seeking revenge? Are you going to get upset? Are you going to get mad? Are you going to give up? Or are you going to bless? Huh? Are you going to be a blessing? Even when somebody does you wrong, does you dirty. Huh? Are you going to stand up and be bigger? Or are you going to be bitter? You see, we can overcome many things. Many trials, many tribulations, many hardships that we go through. All the adversity as we stand for God and we continue to hold on to what God has given us. You know, I believe God has given us a great vision. This vision we have, it's powerful. And sometimes we begin to lose hope in the vision. Sometimes we begin to, you know what, second guess. Sometimes we begin to, you know what, to give up. But I want you to know tonight that God's not done. 
the vision is still bright. The vision is still ongoing. God is just beginning. You know what it is just to be? It's the year of Jubilee. Huh? The, God has greatness in store for us. God has great things. God, you know what? God's going to blow your mind this year and in years to come. Let's go ahead and stand with me. Those of you that maybe you're going through trials right now, you're going through adversity. Some of you are going through some things, going through some hardships. It's difficult. Some of you want to quit. Some of you are mad at people. Some of you are mad at pastor. You're mad at your leader. You're mad at your brother or your mother or your boss or this person and that person. But let me tell you something. God wants you to, you know what, to press in. God wants you to get in his word. And God wants to show you what to do. God wants to show you how you need to react. You know, it could be your marriage. It could be your finances. But I believe that God wants to teach you something as you press in. Don't get mad. Tell your neighbor, don't get mad. It's all going to be good, good, good. Huh? It was all good, good, good for Joseph. I mean, the trials that he went through, he got thrown in a cistern, which is a pit, right? Where they hold water or they hold different things in it. He couldn't get out. Huh? And we get mad because our phone, you know, not working right. You drop it and it's, it's like mine. It's all messed up now. We get mad at the uh, little things. But God wants to prepare us for something big.